0: You can't manage what you can't measure, and that's the idea behind a professional association known as the FAIR Institute. FAIR stands for Factor Analysis of Information Risk. The group seeks to advance quantitative measurement and management of risk to information, including in federal organizations. And here with more of what information keepers need to know, the founder of the FAIR Institute, Nick Sanna. Mr. Sanna, good to have you with us. Pleasure to be here with you. Fair to say that, uh, no pun intended, that most organizations assess their information risk by what comes out on Patch Tuesday or what they read from reports coming from CISA and organizations like that, but not perhaps
1: as scientifically as they might. Is that a good way to put it? I think it's a good way of putting it. I think as a profession for many years, so we have abided by a compliance mentality. There is an attack. There's new ways of trying to thwart that attack and and so we come up with this list of cybersecurity initiatives that you need to implement to be safe but that hasn't worked very well and and so because a lot of those measures are implemented out of context and what we're missing is a real understanding of the risk that we're facing and what are the correct measures that you need to implement to face that specific risk which may change from attacker an attack and so What we've been missing in industry is a risk-based view of the problem, and we have been stuck with a compliance view, which didn't get us more secure in many cases.
0: And maybe just briefly describe what are the ways to approach getting a risk assessment that is based on quantitative assessment? What are the measures
1: people need to have so that they know what the risks really are? Yeah, that's a very good question. To put things in context, uh, let's start with a basic definition of what risk is according to uh, this fair standard. So you only have risk when there's a probability of a loss event, and so when there's an asset of value, you have a threat touching this asset, and the threat, you know, action, threat actors' actions onto the asset result in a material damage to the business, and the damage could be in the form of loss of productivity, privacy liability, reputational loss, many different damages, and so. A control deficiency, which oftentimes we point to as a source of a problem, can be related to a risk if it's in context of an asset of value and there's a threat action there. In abstraction, it's not. And so having the context of the value of the asset and threat activity and the potential impact is what defines risk.
0: All right. And how do you put quantities on different risks such that you can manage them better and deploy your cybersecurity resources in a way
1: that mitigates the top risks? That's a very good question as well. And so once we have defined the scenarios in which bad things can happen, so what is a threat actor? What is the asset? What is the impact? You can start looking then at how many times can this happen and what the impact is. And so you think of risk measure being the effect of the likelihood, how many times can this event happen in your organization? And what is the impact? So frequency and impact is basically the very basic formula by which you would measure risk.
0: In other words, it's an engineering approach to thinking about risk.
1: Well, I would say more of an accounting approach to measuring risk, because risk, uh, it should be, I can say, uh, as a financial discipline. In cyber, for many years, we uh, spoke of risk in technical terms, which was, I would say, a piece of it. It was incomplete. And we're turning what used to be a technical discipline into a business discipline by taking in the technical factor, by putting it in business context and turning it into an actuarial science, which it should be.
0: So in other words, you look at it almost not as an engineer, but maybe as an insurer would look at risk.
1: Yeah, an insurer or I would say a financial accountant. You know, in many organizations, you know, there's many forms of risk. In large corporations, they think about market risk, credit risk, some form of operational risk. And cyber should be seen in the same way. How many times can this bad event happen and what is the impact? And how can we measure the effectiveness of our security measure in terms of reducing that risk and finding the ROI? Like any business decision, you want to see the return on investment. And so what is the baseline risk? And what is the capacity of the security measure in reducing either the frequency or the impact of both? There should be an accounting and a financial exercise. And like any technical discipline, you know, you need to have a business justification that goes along with it. And that's what models like FAIR provide.
0: We're speaking with Nick Sanna, who is the founder of the FAIR Institute. And in your experience, how mature are federal operators, federal agencies, with respect to quantifying their risks to information because they sure talk about it a lot and spend a lot of money on it. And as you say, you know, the breaches and the losses nevertheless continue to
1: happen. I think in the federal government, we have a very strong aspiration to manage cybersecurity from the risk perspective in an effective way. But unfortunately, we revert many times into uh, being compliant to checklists. So um, if you look at many regulations, executives hold on cybersecurity, I tell you, inspector generals, when they uh, assess the readiness of your cybersecurity operation, they will definitely be very pleased to looking at your risk-based approach. But if you apply the checklist and, and tell me your readiness checklist, that's okay, too. So people fall into the easy check-the-box kind of type of compliance and shy away from what they feel is a bit more advanced or more obscure in their case, in many cases, you know, or more... Um, they feel they're less mature in assessing risk. And so they fall back on the compliance approach. We get some a pass, you know, but it forces many agencies, unfortunately, into a setup where they're doing a lot of technical compliance work without context of risk necessarily, you know, because they're going down the list and not necessarily focusing resources more on assets that are of value or, you know, that are more kind of say uh, more impactful to the organization. And so, again, very strong aspirational goals. But from the tooling perspective, we're still stuck with checklists. We don't have advanced, uh, can I say, assessment models. I think there is an aspiration from both the White House and CISA to change that picture, but it's still in becoming.
0: And you have this discipline known as factor analysis of information risk. Where should that skill lie? Should it be in the CIO organization? Should it be in the program management? Should it be at the agency deputy director for management level? I mean, who should have this kind of skill?
1: That's a fantastic question. In most organizations that we are working with, uh, that skill oftentimes should be in the CISO office, you know, the uh, office of the chief information security officer they're most often tasked with assessing risk, you know, to meet a certain number of regulatory requirements and also provide the business an understanding of what security measures they should implement. But it should be a a specific function uh, that is separate from security operation. Operation is meant to secure the organization, but risk management should be a branch under the CISO that is tasked with assessing and prioritizing those risks so that we can direct the operations, you know, to focus on what matters. Think of it as like a as another line of defense, a second line of defense. You know, you have the first the troops in the front, they're engaging the threat actors day to day, they're trying to secure your organization by implementing better security measures. But you need also the generals on the hill that assess the battlefield and say, we have a higher priority here. This is a significance. Apply more resources there and and prioritize accordingly. So you need both. You need security operations, but also you need a strong risk management function that doesn't just do compliance.
0: It strikes me that, you know, because everyone says, well, we never have enough money to do everything we want, in order to get the funds or get approval for the funds, you really need to mitigate risk. Speaking in terms of quantitative analysis of what the risk is and therefore this is what we need makes a much better case to the funders and the financial people than simply saying, well, you know, we're worried about this or that.
1: Absolutely. Listen, the number one method today for prioritizing you know, uh, security issues in the government is oftentimes the age of a security finding. I asked them, how you do it? Well, we have a checklist of compliance. Every day we find findings of non-compliance. We go down the list. And in doing so, they don't focus on what matters. And they tell me, Nick, it's a never-ending battle because the number of findings that we can resolve is smaller than the findings we get every day. So you're never going to catch up. And so the only way to catch up is, as you said, prioritize what matters, identify the assets on physical significance or at threat, and focus on what's most at risk and prioritize. And so, if in in a context we cannot do everything, focus on what matters most and be at peace with that because you're addressing the biggest bars of risk versus the smallest ones. You know, and it's almost like uh, if I can use an analogy, oftentimes we spend our security budget like peanut butter on a toast, you know, evenly. And while it should probably, we should apply more, kind of say, peanut butter, where it matters most and less elsewhere. And by not focusing on what it matters more, we give the, kind um, of say, the threat actors an advantage. They know what to focus on going after high-priced assets. And so we cannot afford being distracted and doing busy work and not focus on what it matters most. Nick Sanna is founder of the FAIR Institute. Thanks so much for joining me.
0: My pleasure. And we'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. As the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency's Chief People Officer, Elizabeth Comstetter sees a focus on people as absolutely crucial to her leadership style.
3: who have different perspectives or at a different point in the career, not just the people who know the program or the technical really well. And so that was a mistake I made, and I realized in my own sense I wasn't listening to very different opinions, and I probably should have because I would have learned more about what was needed for this program going forward than just leaving getting getting upset that it didn't go a certain way. So I've really practiced active listening. I've practiced making sure there's very different people